I was poking around at a Barnes and Noble recently. Uh, we had a situation where there was a, a blackout at our place. And because Kayla is working from home, we had to uh, dash over to somewhere that had internet so we could yeah. keep that hooked up. So during lunch break, we run over to a one of those uh, Barnes and Nobles that's connected to a Starbucks. And while, and because I didn't have much going on that day, while, 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 you know, Kayla's doing your due diligence, I'm like, okay, I'll just go kick it around the bookstore for a little while. And, you know, you get to reading a lot of random stuff, just whatever strikes your fancy. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I, I never want to commit to anything. So I'm just like looking around and seeing like, oh, this random manga looks dumb, but I'll flip through it and see if there's any good art or something. And, uh, but one of the things I stumbled across while I was in there was a graphic novel called Lon Chaney Speaks. Huh. Have you heard of this? Uh, doesn't sound familiar off the top of my head, but uh, I haven't been in a bookstore in a year and a half. So that, that, that's understandable. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was interesting because it's basically it's a biography of Lon Chaney uh, as told via a graphic novel with a very, very like, old timey like almost newspaper cartoon strip style or at least in terms of that's what the art looked like and i was flipping through it and going oh this is this is neat and also kind of informative and of course because of your uh your significant heritage i thought of you and thought i wonder if alan's read this or if alan knows about it um and if you didn't i, I have not heard about it Okay, now now that I know this, I have plans. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, did you know he, uh, or at least according to the graphic novel, uh, and I assume this is pretty much factual, when uh, Lon Chaney Jr. was born, um, he was born in like some snowy cabin up in the like, I, I don't remember where it specifically was, but he's born in this snowy cabin and he wasn't crying. And so Lon, like a fucking boss, says, I got this. He grabs the baby that's, you know, he's worried isn't breathing and he grabs an ax. <laughs> he runs outside, runs to a lake that's frozen over, cuts a hole in the ice and like dips the baby in the frigid water for a few seconds. And that baby just starts screaming and he goes, yep, it's alive. He's alive. <laughs> I'm like, what a fucking boss. That was really cool. <laughs> There's just enough time to save my baby, my baby boy. I'm going to dunk him in a frozen lake. <laughs> After chopping a hole through the ice with a, with a, with a woodcutter's axe. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's kind of rad. That's super rad. Also, he had a really good bit of revenge against his, uh, his uh, first wife. That's, that's all I'll say. No more spoilers after that. Welcome to Undercooked Analysis. This is a show. We do things here and we like it. I'm David King. This is Alan Chaney. On the internet, creepy pasta system. There. <laughs> <laughs> There's 752 stories. Yeah, uh, we are now we're announcing our uh, our, our, our spin-off television uh, series, Law and Order UCA. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, future David, do you still have in the archives the, the law and order donk donk? I guess we'll find out. Oh, yep. Uh, so uh, pro you're probably wondering why we have uh, gathered here today. Well, 
As per usual with this show, we are here to read a story submitted by one of our many listeners and critique it as we go through it. And I'm happy to report that our longtime friend, supporter, and all-around cool person, Daniel Scammell, aka Urkelbot666, has sent us yet another story. And I'm always glad to see these. Uh, I tend to enjoy uh, Daniel's uh, Dan's work, so uh, uh, we have. I think we're in, we're in for we're in for a treat today. I, I could go for a treat. It's a treat. Uh, how do you feel about? Well, I mean, how do you feel about fish treats? Um, be more specific. <laughs> how do you feel about fish replica treats? Oh, those are fun. Okay, good, good. You'll be happy then, because this story is titled "Fish Replicas." Oh, good. Yeah, uh, and actually, Dan writes, "Hello, gang. I have a story that I wrote f- years ago that I've never really been able to do much with." I reworked it over the past few weeks and I'd love any feedback you might have you decide to give it a read. It's about 5.5K words, so a little on the longer side, but not too bad. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Dan. 5.5K is not unreasonable. We can probably get through this in, ooh, well, it is It is on the lengthier side, but that's okay. We can, we can handle it. If it's just the two of us, I think we'll be all right. Unless we really find something that gets us in a on a tangent and then we'll be here for 10 years like a literal 10 year long podcast we will we will break records also this was sent to us way back in april so sorry it took us so long to get around to this (laughs) also while i'm here i want to apologize for last week and appreciate everyone's patience we took a week off of uca to kind of get some scheduling things reoriented so we're back and from here on in we should be uh we should be all set for the uh bi-monthly uh, release schedule. So uh, yeah, are you ready to dive right into this? Uh... In the criminal justice system, some crimes are perpetrated by criminals with no face. Sometimes children's shows have disturbing episodes not released to the general public. Some dickheads read about it. These are those dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> we could get the doink doink after that. <laughs> 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 you know what makes it even better though, Alan? What? The fact that you said doink doink and you referred to us as dickheads before that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I, I want to change officially change the title of the show now to a couple of dickheads read about it. <laughs> and now Beautiful. we have to get iced tea on the show. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know i i know i i know him pretty well do you think uh i'll give him i'll give him a call yeah. you know i'm sure i'm sure my man will uh will be down you know no no big um but in the meantime this is fish you're telling me. you're telling me this smiling creep in a hoodie has been stabbing people <laughs> <laughs> Award-winning fish replicas, 90-day delivery. Travis's eyes widened, seeing the advertisement. It raised so many questions in his mind. What could it mean? What purpose did it serve? What do you do with them? Do they go in replica fish tanks? Perhaps most importantly, why not just get a real fish? Real fish die. Real fish die. Real fish can't sing when you press a button underneath them when they're mounted yeah. on your wall. Just, Real fish won't sing Mac the Knife when I uh, 
when I, when I push the button underneath. <laughs> Have you ever seen the uh, video? This is like old, old YouTube, but it was like yes. the, the, uh, the I absolutely demonic... know what you're talking about immediately. And I used to watch that and like fucking laugh so hard I couldn't breathe all the time. <laughs> it would probably be poor sport to like do this, but future David, can you like super briefly clip in if you have the time? just part of that so people know what we're talking about i can i can i can do an impression I, i've seen it that many times in the past you know what that's probably for the best okay <laughs> i'm gonna press the button underneath it dun 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 here she comes just a walking down the street sing it uh I, I'll, I'll skip ahead she looks good looks good <laughs> she looks fine she looks fine <laughs> i sometimes do that with people i'll go like who know it i'll just be like look good looks fun <laughs> uh, uh after longer than he'd like to admit like to have admitted travis realized that these were trophies <coughs> reproductions of fish that one had caught and wanted mounted but couldn't get taxidermy or perhaps fish that had been thrown back or maybe cooked and eaten Okay, interesting concept. Do you have to describe the fish? Do you do you yeah. tell fish stories to these to these people in order to get your your fictional fish? Yeah. Interesting. It's it was like the this build, it's like big. The, it's like the build a bear workshop. Only they make you your. <laughs> <laughs> if the extra, you could put. You know how like a build a bear, you could put like the the little speaker in, so when you squeeze the bear, it makes a sound. It's just it's just it's, it's build your own singing bass. Build a fish workshop may be the new worst business I've ever come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I would spend so much money there. I'm surprised. Like you wouldn't think it would work, but I'm sold. Build a fish workshop. <laughs> <laughs> he'd seen he'd seen plenty of fish mounted on walls growing up in the sticks of the Northeast. He had always assumed they were real fish stuffed and preserved, like the deer and moose heads also on display. One childhood friend's father had a full bearskin head and all hung on his wall. The tongue was plastic and came out of the mouth easily. They played with it sometimes. <laughs> I'm just picturing them like, uh, you know, like the like a like speed bagging the uh, the tongue that's just hanging out of the mouth, like. Brrr. Hi, everyone. Come on down to Joe's house. We're playing bear tongue. <laughs> you probably thought this bear with a tongue was alive. No, it's just Chuck Testa. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to undercooked, like, pre-2008 memes. <laughs> <laughs> We're reliving our childhood here, gang. <laughs> uh, and by childhood, I mean, like, early 20s for me. <laughs> Uh, it had never occurred to Travis that, oh, yeah. It never occurred to Travis, sorry, I thought for a second, I thought I was reading the paragraph you just read. Hmm. It had never occurred to Travis that the fish on the walls were reproductions. He didn't really know anything about hunting. It was a big business in the area, though. It wasn't odd to drive past dwellings of questionable structural stability, advertising in stenciled letters on plywood sheets, such services as taxidermy, mounting, stuffing, or the ever-morbid deer-cutting. The business of skinning, butchering, preservation, and general defilement of animal carcasses was, a was as natural as a snowstorm in April. Deer cutting. Deer cutting. It's in big quotes, too. In all caps, deer cutting. 
Travis's uncle Al had tried for years to get him out in the woods. Every November, when the schools closed for the first day of deer season, he would ta ask Travis to join him in the tree stand. <clears throat> Travis always declined, opting instead to play video games or draw. Eventually, Travis's parents told Al that Travis was an artist. Al, understanding, stopped asking. Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay. That's that's I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. If I'm picking up the subtext of that, yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm Can I can I just say though, would it would be really funny though if uh you know all I want all Travis did was stay in and play video games. Turns out he's playing like Cabela's big game hunter or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh the quote unquote artist stared at the ad in fascination for a while longer. Such a strange concept put into such frank terms. Award-winning fish replicas, 90-day delivery. No further explanation was apparently needed. That was enough to hook buyers. To an outsider like Travis, the oddity remained. Not only are fish replicas a thing, he thought, they evidently give awards for especially high-quality ones. Was there an entire subculture of aquatic animal replication? What went into this process? What kind of people buy these? Is it easier than taxidermying a real animal? No. Why is the sky blue? Do you know the muffin man? Why is my hair standing on end? Who judges and awards these things? How large or small could they be? You ever pet a little dog's hair? You like your pasta spinny or bow tie? Did I remember to refill my bus bar script? How much does this guy weigh? I mean, how much do they weigh? <laughs> now, listeners, if you're not reading this story, you're going to have to guess what parts of that Alan slipped in there and which parts Dan actually wrote. Because <laughs> to be completely honest, I like I, I, how it meanders every so often. I, I, I did. Uh, I just want to say that how much does this guy weigh uh, is from, I think, WrestleMania 2. I don't, uh -huh. remember, I don't remember which specific event it was, um, but they brought in a guy named uh, Art Donovan to uh, <clears throat> do commentary. And Art Donovan, I think, was a retired football player who knew nothing about professional wrestling. Uh-huh. So, like, other people would be trying to call the match, and, like, the thing he kept saying is you hear Art Donovan uh, not giving a single fuck about anything <laughs> pop up and go, how much does this guy weigh? <laughs> and no one else gave a fuck too, because the other best thing about that is when uh, one of the other commentators introduced him, uh, it was Gorilla Monsoon, and he completely got his name wrong when introducing him. His Gorilla Monsoon Art got the name wrong? Yeah, uh, because he was like, Joining us here on commentary, uh, Art O'Dono. <laughs> I kind of yeah. dig that. I kind of dig I mean, that. I don't remember which specific wrestling event was. It probably wasn't Mania Two, but uh, I just, I do just me and my friend, me and my friend Tyler all the time. Like, how much does this guy weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever put? You should put. You should mount. You should put that up there as an inspirational quote. Have it quoted to Art O'Donnell. Yes. 
Oh man. Uh, uh, I, in all seriousness, I'm digging this so far. Yeah, me too. I like the I like the characterization. I like the little details. This is this is weird, and I I like yeah. it. Yeah, the the characters characterization is specifically what I was going to point out. Yeah, there's not, whole, there's not a whole hell of a lot going on yet, but that that's that's strong enough to. This feels like this feels like an episode of Erie, Indiana, right now. That that is a perfect comparison. Yeah, it's nice to actually talk to someone else uh, who also remembers Erie, Indiana, because not many do. Uh, Travis, uh, I had I had uh, the after the original series, they had some Scholastic books that were their own standalone stories. Oh, and I had a bunch of them. Um, oh shit, I had no idea. I just remember the show. One of them dealt specifically uh, with uh, him actually talking to a character I think we only ever saw in the intro, which was the guy who was clearly uh, not dead Elvis. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because um, if you remember the intro to Yuri Indiana, there's, uh, he, he tosses the paper to a guy who is clearly Elvis and he goes, thank you, old paper boy. Yeah, that's right. He's just, he's just there to present the strangeness of the town. But yeah, uh, not only in the books does he, he talk to uh, uh, Elvis, uh, Elvis also has a neighbor who he's friendly with named Marilyn. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm always reminded when people bring up Dead Elvis of a Stephen King short story, which is, you know, I, they've got one hell of a band. Oh, yeah. Um, but specifically, the one Erie, Indiana Scholastic book I remember was called Return to Foreverware. Oh, sick. That's, oh, man. I, I, I have vivid memories of the Foreverware episode, which I think was the first episode. It was. Yeah. So they brought it back. That's, 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 that's tight. I dig that. Maybe we'll do an episode. Or where we'll uh, we'll track down the Scholastic Erie Indiana books and give those a read. That would be fun. Maybe maybe we could do that for uh, either. Well, we could do this. We could do it for here, or we could go to our sister podcast, Darkly Lit, and make that a suggestion. We could also do that. It's we'll see we'll see where it, we'll see where it go. Or we could just yeah. talk about obscure shows that about kids dealing with spooky mysteries that a lot of people don't remember, like Erie Indiana and uh, uh, So Weird. Do you remember So Weird? I remember so weird. Okay, maybe we could just rewatch a few episodes of Erie, Indiana, and talk about it. I am so down for this plan. I feel like I rewatched the Forever War episode not long ago. Um, so, but I, I don't really remember a ton of the other ones in specific detail. So, I'm gonna go back and try and find more Erie, Indiana episodes to watch. Yeah, if if you're listening and you think that sounds like an interesting thing for us to do, and you're on YouTube, go down in the comments and write, "Alan is handsome." <laughs> yeah you don't have to tell us that's our code you don't yeah. have to tell us that you're interested a yay vote is you writing alan is handsome in the comments and you can do that on you feel free to do that on on podcast yeah. as well if you're listening to this yeah. in podcast form also just like any episode of the uh, of the show not even specifically this you one you could go that. yeah you know what go you could go to other episodes and just because yeah. it's the right thing to do and the only thing to do just put alan is handsome in the comments yeah there you, you go. Can, you could you could add me on Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag Alan is handsome. I don't need validation. Anyway, where were we in the story? <laughs> uh, well, Travis abandoned the listicle he had been reading in favor of a search for information about fish replicas. Minimal digging uncovered a relatively booming industry for such a product. 
Manufacturers took great pride in creating beautiful, handcrafted, one-of-a-kind fiberglass fish for those outdoorsmen who wanted a memento from a fishing trip. This was a serious business. Serious fish business, which I used <laughs> to play bass for. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much you bet he looked at the, he looked it up and he was like, hmm, looks good. <laughs> looks good. <laughs> 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 After researching the subject, Travis felt a pang of guilt for scoffing at the idea. The process obviously took talent and effort, and those paying for such pieces were not the gold-tooth eccentrics he had imagined. From a different perspective, a fish replica could not be not only a reminder of a joyous memory, but a custom piece of artwork. I mean, if you ever tell your friends that you caught a rainbow trout that actually had proper rainbow scales, then you could really get a work of art there, you know? Oh, uh, a side note about the uh, battery drain, Big Mouth Billy Bass. Uh, we, uh, I once had that happen to a boppet that was in storage. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it right now with, you know, pressing the buttons when you get to the end, instead of the, ah, it's, <laughs> But like we were like moving stuff out of uh, my friend Brad's storage space, and like someone bumped into something, and you just hear, "Pull it." Hmm. <laughs> 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 Robert to start. <laughs> <laughs> the process of fish fabrication was surprisingly artistic. It reminded him of the sculpture and casting he had done in college. If available, or if, if available, organic specimens are gathered and cast in plaster or resin, leaving a three-dimensional void, a void, leaving a three-dimensional mold of the original fish. The molds were used to make a flexible silicone cast which could be posed, set, apparently even adjusted in size to an extent to fit the client's wishes. This made for versatile and reusable molds. The molds were recast in resin or fiberglass to create a st sturdy... <clears throat> Let me take that again. <clears throat> the molds were recast in resin or fiberglass to create a sturdy, lightweight, and durable product ready to be further sculpted, sanded, and painted to appear as lifelike as possible. Boring. <laughs> no, not, not, no, it's, it's entertaining. But me trying to read it out loud is like, wow, I, the process. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'm more interested in the three-dimensional void you created. <laughs> <laughs> I am a three-dimensional void. Which I think like defies some of the laws of physics. <laughs> a little bit, but then again, you know, black holes are a thing so yeah. aren't those kind of three-dimensional voids um people have to listen to our physics podcast to uh to learn more about that oh under um, flux analysis yeah um where we both definitely know what we are talking about absolutely <laughs> remember that episode we had both bill nye and neil degrasse tyson on that was a good one yeah, we made them fight to the death. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. why you don't see them anymore. Apologies. They happened yeah. to do a, it was a, it was a uh, TKO. Yeah. 
That's uh, or I'm uh, sorry, a TPK. It was both. There was a technical knockout, and then they were both lying there, and we said, "Eh, why not?" And then we dropped a bridge on him. Yes. Because you know uh, we figured killing them like Kirk died that one time would be the best right. way to do it. Yeah. Also, the Gorn was there. <laughs> he, he didn't do much. He just stood in the background and didn't move. It was actually a little bit unsettling. Yeah. The only way you could tell it wasn't just a static like, prop is because you could see him just, breathing. It's just like, dude, we paid you for the day. You have to do something. <laughs> he just watched and occasionally he would like pump his fist. Uh, fucking Gorn. Uh, <laughs> over the days. <laughs> Just gonna apologize because this story is good and this is a real dumb dumb episode. So uh, we're both we're both <laughs> I feel like we're both a little loopy, but maybe I'm I don't know. If you listen to the drags, you'll understand why I am. Over the days following seeing the ad, Travis found himself on more than a few occasions reading about the process. He thought of fish replicas while at work, in the shower, driving, or lying in bed at night. Inappropriate. He- he drew fish on scraps of paper and had a folder on his laptop full of pictures of fish replicas. <laughs> no! I like this story a lot. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> David Lynchian obsession with fish replicas is growing. This is wonderful. Something about the concept had gotten its barbs into his mind. After a week, he took a 60-mile drive to a popular hunting and camping store called Cabela's. Hey, that's, hey, that's an actual place where he buys his video games. Um, what? Cabela's Big Game Hunter. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so stupid. Okay, sorry. This is this is getting very morning zoo morning zoo radio. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, please continue. Travis needed to see in person what he had only seen on a screen. He sat in his car for several minutes before entering, steadying his breathing, wondering if he should enter or drive back home. And he's getting hot over fish replicas. This is bad. Uh, the store yeah. was... <laughs> Sorry. The store was massive and filled with all manner of dead animals and poses, suggesting that they had forgotten the fact they were, in fact, dead. Bears stood roaring, pumas prowled, deer and elk posed proudly among swooping hawks. Deceased fauna loomed everywhere. Travis looked around at some survival gear while trying to sneak glances at the taxidermy. Although the display was obviously meant to be ogled and enjoyed, he felt self-conscious about staring overtly. You probably thought all this was alive, but no. (laughs) Another realistic dead animal from Chuck Testa. Ojai, California. Oh, boy. (laughs) Eventually, he found a fishing section with trophy catches mounted on the walls. He tried to get a good look at as many of these as he could while pretending to be interested in lead sinkers and tiny rubber bait frogs. Tiny rubber bait frogs. Um, You used to play bass for tiny rubber bait frogs. I did. Yeah. Um, Figured that would jog your memory. When he felt no one was looking, he walked up to what was labeled as a 33-inch northern pike. He wasn't sure how long he had been taking in the site when the employee approached. Quite a beauty, isn't she? Asked the man, whose name tag read Flynn. Oh, quite, replied Travis. (laughs) If this is Flynn, should I try and do him kind of like a Jeff Bridges? Because, never mind. (laughs) Uh, You do much fishing around these parts? Uh, A bit, Travis lied, his stomach tightening. Small game is more my thing. 
he added, further stretching the truth. He had no idea why he was pushing this deception. It felt to him like some dangerous game. Perhaps he was feeling embarrassed in a place brimming with such traditional masculinity. Uh-huh. Ah, well, you'll find whatever you're after here. We got a bit of everything. Anything I can help you with today, sir? You ain't one of them artistic fellas, are you? <laughs> we don't take kindly to artists around these parts. By the way, you want to see this fish replica I painted? By the way, I said artistic with an R, anyone listening to this actual podcast. <laughs> just, to, just to make absolutely certain of that. <laughs> I could have made him a pirate and been like, artistic. Uh, Travis flushed and choked out an answer. No, well... Yes, maybe something I was just admiring, this uh, northern pike, and I was curious as to whether it might have been, you know, a real kind of uh, fish, or if it was a recreation of some uh, kind or another. Sweat prickled across his shoulders. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms arms heavy. Just a a recap real quick. Where did he, he just found this advertisement somewhere? For this uh, uh, award-winning fish replicas, ninety-day delivery. So. I think so. Yeah. Did it say where he saw the ad? Uh, so I'm scrolling back up, and I can't remember. I don't know if it matters too much, just based on where he is. But um, I don't think it said where he saw the ad. Okay. Um, just curious. Floyd, wait a minute. Mm. Floyd seemed only slightly aware of Travis's social ineptitude. Most of what we have here is the real deal. Mostly donated by generous hunters and fishermen. By the way, my full name is Flynn Floyd. (laughs) Flynn Floyd. Just want to point that out. Uh, It was Flynn before. It's Floyd now. And then it looks like it goes back to Flynn again. Uh, If you make him Flynn Floyd, and that's his last name, I'll accept that. Flynn again Floyd. (laughs) <laughs> Flanagan Floyd of the Arkansas Floyds. Um, what, I'm sorry. Refresh my memory where we are. Uh, he Travis is asking if this is a fish replica, and oh. Floyd just said it's mostly donated by generous hunters and fishermen. Okay, right around Travis here. Travis felt himself deflate. <laughs> so you don't have any uh, recreations. You know what I mean? Do you have any? Do you have any recreational fish? Do you, you don't have any, you know, plastic fish. If you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, just in the back there for me to. I want to fuck a fish. <laughs> is that what this is? That's what this is all about at this point. Give me, give me a rubber fish I can fuck. Oh, sure. We've got a few on the walls, plenty in storage, I'm sure. We rotate the mounts from time to time. Are there any out that, are there any out that you know of? I'd like to see one if it's all right. Well, we're actually very, we're actually very pro-LGBTQ, so don't worry, most of our fish are out. Hmm. If you know what I mean. Uh... You know, that was bad, and I'm just going to erase that from existence. <laughs> no, it's... Nope. No. Future David, leave that in. 
past you live with what just happened. I was trying to maybe do, do, do a do a positive because like this is a store where where the fish are out and proud. Yes. Um, gay fish. Gay fish. They're turning to freaking fish gay. Um, sure thing. There's a picker roll near the upstairs men's room. That's a replica, if I'm not mistaken. Want me to show you show you up? Flynn said with the false enthusiasm of a salesman leading a customer to another's department. No, I think I can manage on my own. Travis turned and walked toward the large staircase near the center of the floor. His heart was beating quickly and his arms felt very warm. Spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> jokes, 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 jokes. He felt as if he had just lied to a superior or stolen something valuable. <laughs> On a wall near the door to the men's room, there was a handful of mounted fish. Travis located one labeled Grass Pickerel 13 Inches, 2009, Maryland. He walked up and studied the fish at close range. It was impeccably kept, no apparent scratches or dings, and not a speck of dust or grease on it. He swept his eyes over the fins, the scales, eyes, teeth, and eyes. The, the mm. multiple <laughs> sets of eyes on the pickerel. This is a really badly made glass fish or fake fish because it had more eyes than it should. Uh, the angles and contours. He would occasionally glance at another mounted piece, a real organic preserved fish. They were somehow less impressive. Their scales coarser, fins marred by imperfection, their poses more rigid, only one set of eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't match the beauty of the replica. The pickerel had such vibrant iridescence. It looked like it may at any moment spring back to life and start gasping for breath. I want to comment right now. Uh, I won't say oh, the names. Yeah. And then a fish popped out it has been left in the comments of this one. Yes. To which Dan responded with XD. Glad to know you have other eyes on this, Dan. Uh, briefly, Travis toyed with the idea of trying to take this piece off the wall and sneak it out of it to his car. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he really does want to Bro. fuck a fish. <laughs> the thought sent a surge of electricity through his abdomen and he almost giggled out loud. There were customers all over and the mount would obviously be attached in such a way as to prevent theft. Instead, he resolved that he would purchase one at his earliest chance. This is fascinating. Yeah. I'm really wondering where this, where where we're going on this journey. <laughs> yeah, where is this going? I, I'm I, oh man, I'm excited to get there. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. I am on. I am along for this ride. I am going downriver with those salmon. Going heading downriver, and what's that? An animatronic fox. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Ryan. It's the fox. God damn it. <laughs> hey, guess what? I'm going to marry your fish replicas. <laughs> A few hours later, Travis was back at his home, sitting in front of his computer, masturbating to a picture of a plastic grouper. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't actually happen, everybody. No, in but... front of his computer. He went straight to the website of a prominent fish replica manufacturer before realizing he didn't know what kind of fish to request. He spent the next several hours researching various fish species, freshwater and saltwater, 
lake and stream, Atlantic and Pacific, the volume of fish was staggering. He gave up, overwhelmed, and considered calling out sick from work the following day. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. It wasn't until two days later that he was finally able to choose a fish, a black grouper. Simple, but still interesting, with fascinatingly mottled skin, beady black eyes, a ridged dorsal fin, and an overall powerful, ominous look. This, okay, I know we keep crapping, cracking jokes about, you know, the obsession being sexual, but this is really coming off as sexual. Yeah. <laughs> After downloading several that photos, said, see what I mean? That being said, if we're right, and this guy fucks a plastic fish, this may be my favorite story we'll ever read on the show. <laughs> <laughs> After downloading several photos, he contacted Advanced Taxidermy and placed an order for a custom-made 36-inch black grouper in a dynamic pose. The piece was going to run over $500 plus shipping. Jeez. But Travis was so fixated that the cost was no issue. The process was going to take 60 days at the minimum. The length of time without the piece was most more jarring than uh, to him than the money it, it had cost. <laughs> The length of time without the piece was more jarring to him than the money it had cost to get it. In exhilarated desperation, he placed the order. And there's a page okay. break. Holy shit. What? What's going to happen? <laughs> I have no idea at this point, but like the setup, is, the setup is so good. I'm, I'm, I'm so enthralled. I am... <laughs> I enthralled is absolutely the word I would use for this too. Jesus. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I got to know you, you hooked us. God damn it. Yeah. The man yeah, is fishing are, with I our, am, with our interest. I am, I am, I am hooked. Now you just got to Let's get the line and sinker in there. We're hooked so far. Do, in do, the weeks after the order was processed, Travis began to get antsy about his fish replica. <laughs> He continued looking up videos of the process and searching for interviews with those who did it. It wasn't long before he got the idea to try a little replica making of his own. Oh. He would start small. He already has some of the supplies for the process, resin and silicone, sculpting picks and paint. He'd buy more supplies from AC Moore, soon to be safe. Unsure where to find models, he went to the grocery store. The Lent season meet meant that the Lent season meant that there were plenty of fresh fish on display. Travis elected to buy two small fresh salmon to start with. When he got home, he put one of them into the refrigerator right away and took the other to his basement. He quickly constructed a wooden box large enough to fit the salmon and sealed the cracks and seams. After it dried, Travis mixed up some silicone solution and laid it three inches deep in the box. The fish was about room temperature and flexible. <laughs> a weird sentence. <laughs> this, is so, this is so bizarre and it's utterly captivating. Yeah. Travis sprayed the creature liberally with synthetic lubricant and laid it into the silicone. When the silicone dried, he finished the process for the top half of the fish. 
Over the following days, Travis created eight fish replicas based off a total of three molds he made. Some turned out better than others, but all of them looked amateurish. They would never have been mistaken for ever having been living creatures, even if they had been completely painted. He couldn't figure out how to do a mold with an open mouth without destroying it to remove the cast. Also, his basement reeked of fish. Uh, is this going to be him becoming like the uh, the fish replica Salieri to Floyd's Mozart? <laughs> <laughs> also, I just said fish replica Salieri. <laughs> <laughs> only only on undercooked analysis <laughs> this is the kind of stuff people listen to the show for i'm sure that's why you listen so you can hear things like fish replica salieri <laughs> frustration quieted his replication of hysteria his life stopped revolving primarily around making molds and he began to go about his normal activities again good <laughs> good. <sighs> he had been neglecting his gym time in favor of his art time can I just say how much I love that paragraph, even though it's very simple? And just frustration quieted yeah. his replication hysteria is a great sentence by itself yeah. in a vacuum. Absolutely. This is a gift. This is a gift. <sighs> While working out, he rarely paid any attention to the other people at the gym. But on the day he received an email, but on the day he received an email saying that his black grouper was ahead of schedule, he felt his eyes lingering more than usual. Travis took note of another young man also working out alone. He had toned muscles and fair skin generously coated with colorful tattoos. Perhaps emboldened by the news of his grouper, Travis momentarily disregarded his shyness around cute guys and approached him. Oh my God, if fish replicas are what are going to lead to him, like ha gaining, <laughs> it's probably not actually going to happen, but I love the idea that his, him, his obsession with fish replicas is what gives him the confidence to like start dating. Yeah. <laughs> hey, said Travis. The man started stared, started and turned around in the weight machine. Travis could hear music blaring from the man's earbuds. Oh, hey, I'll be done in like three minutes. I just got to do another set. Then it's all yours, replied the man. Before he could pop his headphones back in, Travis spat out a few words. A few words. Oh, no, it's not that. And uh, take your time. I was just, uh, he thought frantically, wondering if you might be able to spot me for a few reps on the bench when you're finished. Uh, be warned, I am going to do leg presses later, and they do force out some gnarly farts. <laughs> I, at least I warned you. At least I warned you. This was all that Travis's mind could come up with on such short notice. He supposed it was better than nothing. Yeah, sure. I'll be over in a minute. The man smiled and Travis felt his heart flutter. I have a bad feeling about this. Not because of this, but I have a bad feeling that because um, I'm not sure a gym is necessary. Is a gym necessarily the best place to like, you know, pick up a date? No. no. I figured as hey, much, especially. Hey, I'm, I'm going I'm going to the gym a little more. Uh, I'm going to say this to everyone listening. No one's there to date. <laughs> if you're making eyes at someone, male or female, just leave them alone. Mm -hmm. They're they're there to do something. This is a this is an UCA PSA. Don't you know? Don't don't date people at the gym. If someone approaches you, fantastic. If someone's got headphones in, they have not made eye contact with you once. 
and they're doing fucking lunges, don't bother them. <laughs> Hence this being a little awkward. Yeah. And it gives me a bad feeling. It gives me a feeling like I, I have an inkling now where this might go. But does it, I'll, I'll tell you my theory at the end if it doesn't happen, but I'll, I'll, I'll confirm it if it does. Okay. 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 <clears throat> um, right here. As Travis walked over to the bench and barbell, he realized that he hadn't lifted free weights since high school and didn't know what plates to add to warrant a spotter. He added a few and hoped it seemed adequate. The man walked over after wiping down his machine. When he approached, Travis introduced himself. Thanks. I'm, I'm Terrence, by the way. Travis felt a turning below his ribcage, as though tiny piranhas were caught in a feeding frenzy within him. He had no idea what had possessed him to lie about his name. Fear? Shame? At the time, it seemed the right thing to do. Maybe he should have ordered a piranha fish replica. <laughs> I, was about, I was literally about to make a joke about piranha fish replicas, and there it is. Damn. Damn, Dan. Nice to meet you. I'm Byron. Lord Byron, replied the man. <laughs> you all set? I think so, said Travis, sitting and laying his head on the padded bench. Here goes. Travis succeeded in getting uh, two reps in before he realized that he greatly overestimated his ability to lift. On his third rep, he needed Byron to ease the bar up, and on the fourth, he nearly crushed his own esophagus. The bar tipped hard to the right, and the plates, which Travis had not clamped, began to slide off. Thinking quickly, Byron slid the weights back on and hoisted the bar up and back on the rack. Jesus, you okay, man? Asked Byron, kneeling down. I, I think so, Travis choked. I'm usually on the machine. I, I never use the free weights. You think? Byron said. The lightness in his tone made Travis avert his gaze. Maybe stick with the machines. Good idea, Travis said weakly. I think that's going to do it for me today. Thanks for the spot. Not a problem. Travis meekly, uh, Travis meekly wiped down the bench and walked to the locker room. He was mortified and his neck ached. He spent a long time in the shower, not realizing that the water was slowly turning icy as he counted measured breaths. He had taken a chance, which was odd for him. It was uncomfortable, but he had survived. Maybe he could take another. <sighs> Please don't. He, wandered, he wondered if there were still, may still be a way to get to know Byron. After showering, he left the locker room and saw Byron on an elliptical machine. He watched the man's muscles tense, stretch and contract. His tone was defined, well-built but slender. His calves and biceps didn't have that pantyhose stuck with potatoes look that some skinnier guys got when they worked out. Travis approached him once more. So Byron, I, uh, he stalled as Byron removed his earbuds again. Uh, I really like your, your, your poetry, you know, you writing with, you know, Percy Shelley. Don't tell me you need another spot, Byron said laughing. I'm not sure this Jim's insurance could handle it. The levity settled Travis's nerves. No, no more of that, Travis flushed, catching himself looking at Byron's eyebrows. He remembered that he had neglected to pluck his own and turned his head. 
I was thinking, I owe you one for saving my neck back there. How about you let me buy you a beer in a while? I could probably swing that. I mean, you do owe me one, Byron said facetiously. Where were you thinking? Hooked lines were being baited, and both Byron and Travis were waiting for the first nibble. Oh. Well, I was thinking maybe, I mean, I've heard that Pablo's is a good micro microbrew menu. It was, it was out now. Indeed, Pablo's was known to have decent beer menu. It was perhaps better known as the bar where straight people typically went only by accident. Travis cursed his boldness, turning his feet, preparing to make a quick exit at the, at the rejection. Yeah, Pablo's is one of my favorite places around here. You lucky so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. This is not the kind of thing that happens when you try to pick up someone at the gym. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Tra Travis now felt a crushing weight lift from him for the second today. Second, for the second, for the second today? I think second time today, but okay. Yeah. He and Byron uh, were- Here we are in the middle of Double Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Double Wednesdays. Not as much as Garfield hates Double Mondays. <laughs> he and Byron were on the same page now. The piranhas inside him settled, but the demonic bass kept singing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they looked at him, it looked up and down at the situation and went, looks good, looks good. <laughs> Great said Travis, who had nearly forgotten that he was now going by the name Terrence. Want to meet up there around six? Works for me. Travis smiled to himself. Fish replicas momentarily further from his mind than they had been for weeks. I gotta hand it to Travis, at least in this, the fiction of the story, his, uh, his, his gaydar was actually working. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, page break, and then we jump ahead. How we feel, despite how weird that that uh, how weird that scene was, the fact that it had a little turnaround was like okay, yeah. good. I was expecting it to go in a different direction. It it was pleasant fiction, but again, I just want to stress to everyone: don't hit on people at the gym. Yes, again, I want to stress with Alan: this is a UCA PSA. Don't hit on people at the gym. There are other places where it is much more blatantly more acceptable to do so. And also, when you hit on people, do it respectfully, please. Please. And if, if, you, if you are somehow end up in my area and I am at the gym, don't even look at me. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, don't even be in the same space. Leave. <laughs> if Pop you show up at the gym and I'm there, get the fuck out of that gym. <laughs> this is Alan's gym, and it's Alan's time. <laughs> this 24-hour fitness now belongs to Alan Janey. <laughs> Don't mess with them, or he'll throw your baby in an icy lake. Yes. Just to make sure it's still alive. <laughs> <Pop> <laughs> Pablo's Tavern, quiet, at 9.20 on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Byron and Terrence, knee Travis, were both... Blizzard. We're sitting at a booth near the corner window for a sense of privacy. Travis bought the first round at a quarter after six, and from there they switched off until they couldn't remember whose turn it was. After three hours' time, they decided that they had probably ought to leave Pablo's or risk bankruptcy. It was still early, but neither one had much money, no, nor another place to go. In the lot, 
Uh, Brian asked, Byron asked Travis where his car was parked. Um, oh, uh, I walked here. I don't live far, replied Travis. Well, you ain't walking back. Come here, I'll give you a lift. It's the little blue Hyundai. Also, don't drive drunk. This is just, these people. <laughs> and if you see me at a bar drinking, don't talk to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no that, that, about, that one's not true. <laughs> come, come say hi. Alan gives great hugs. Yes. But please ask nicely for one. True. Uh, if you insist, sir, Travis replied. He typically didn't drink much, and all the beer had made him feel light and buoyant, like a jellyfish. He wondered if one could make a fish replica of a jellyfish. <laughs> Probably not, but, you know. <clears throat> the two of them hopped in the car and listened to the radio on the five-minute jaunt back to Travis's. This is me, Travis mentioned to the motion to the split-level home. Holy shit, you got a whole house? Sure beats my apartment. Eh, it's not much, said Travis. Do you, um, do you want to come in? He ventured. I can show you around the joint. I think I had a few beers in the fridge. Travis couldn't remember how old the beers were, but he was sure they were there. Sure, said Byron, melting in with another smile. Fish replicas. As long as it doesn't smell like fish. <laughs> <laughs> fish replicas seem to be solving all of Travis's problems right now. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> They walked, <clears throat> they walked through the home, sipping their beers. Travis was playing the unfamiliar role of tour guide, but he felt an unusual ease and confidence. He showed Byron around and pointed out some of the artwork he had hang hanging up. He credited the paintings and explained what they meant, uh, meant to him without worrying if Brian or Byron, I keep saying Brian, Byron cared or not. It was an unfamiliar feeling. It was a welcome feeling. They eventually finished the tour and wound up back in the living room sitting on the sofa. Nice place, Byron said. I was hoping the finale of the tour would be the bedroom, but this sofa's pretty comfy. Damn. Maybe the tour's not over yet. <clears throat> I hope not. Byron set his beer on the coffee table. By the way, if anyone here wants audio of me and David straight macking on each other, here it is. <laughs> 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 this is your wish fulfillment episode everybody you know there are easy ways to pick up a date than crushing your own windpipe oh my god they both laughed i wish you told me that sooner i would without warning byron leaned over and kissed travis they remained there holding each other on the sofa for a few moments Travis's arms and back had become rigid with nervous tension. Hey, Byron ran a hair, th ran a hair through Travis's hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, just, he just takes a bunch of hair off his head and goes, does that tickle? Byron ran a hand through Travis's hair. You okay, Terrence? Yeah, Travis whispered. Yeah, I just, I just... He felt a pull as though a steel hook had penetrated his ribcage. What if he messed this up? How did he end up here to begin with? Why was this guy being so nice to him? Why would he like Travis? Travis tasted his own breath in his mouth. It tasted like old beer. Byron couldn't like that. 
but Byron's breath tasted like beer too, and Travis was turned on by that. Why couldn't he have left well enough alone? Just finished his wor workout and gone home. Travis felt every drop of sweat on his own body at once. Felt disgusted by it. <clears throat> this had all been a mistake. It always was. He saw his life. He saw his life in stark bass relief and identified the prior hours as a high ridge. Only a deeply carved ridge to follow. Hey, Byron said. His voice was even and sweet. It's okay, Terrence. Relax, hon. You're fine. He lowered his hand and rubbed the side of Travis's neck. Are you cool? No, Travis said. I don't know. You're cool. I'm... Oh, Jesus. He broke off, putting a palm on Byron's forearm. It was firm and smooth. Byron laughed. No, man. Are you cool? He leaned back and produced from his pocket an envelope containing a half dozen or so small tablets. He put one in his mouth and swallowed. This will help you relax. It's just a little molly. I think you'll like it. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Oh, no. Oh, Travis, no. Uh, <sighs> Travis stared at the capsules, small, colorful, shiny. They were pretty. He took a pill and swallowed it. Thanks. Everything's about to go belly up. To use a fish metaphor. Right. They talked for a while as the pills took effect. Travis did relax again, just like Byron said. They talked about Byron's tattoos. They were, there were curled dragons and birds and flowers and vines and logos for bands Travis didn't know of. They wove together up and down his arms and shoulders. He noticed that most of these bands were bands that Alan Chaney had played bass for. Yes. He had taken his shirt off and Travis saw that they played down his chest and abdomen as well as across his back. He was a canvas of greens and pinks and blacks, and Travis found himself mesmerized and eased by the art. You're gorgeous, Travis told him. Byron's body seemed to sparkle before his eyes. <laughs> oh, no, he's actually a vampire in that case. I kind of am, Byron said, leaning back. Travis laughed and slapped Byron's thigh. He watched his own hand slide up Byron's thigh, eventually realizing he must be the one moving it. You're like the illustrated man. Do you... Travis stifled the giggles rising in him. Do you have lions in you that are going to eat my parents? <laughs> <laughs> the laughter came and he let it. What the fuck are you talking about? Byron grinned, cocking his eyebrows as he stretched his legs out. You know, Travis started slurring the words. I have a confession to make. My name isn't Terrence, it's Travis. <laughs> Byron looked puzzled and bemused for a moment, then began laughing. Actually, my name is Temperance, and this is all wrong. I'm, I'm Traverance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Traverance. I'm Terrence. <laughs> I'm Torgo. I take care of the place while the master is away. Now tell me how many lions are in you. <laughs> Some people have two wolves. Other people have two lions. How many Those lions do you, will are, eat your parents. Are you a wolf? <laughs> One wolf will devour the other wolf. The other will just have lions. Will just eat your parents. You're such a weirdo, said Byron. 
if you're going to use a fake name, why pick something so close to your real name? I don't know, replied Travis. I panicked and it was the first thing I thought of. His head swam and he was very warm, though he no longer cared how much he was sweating. Well, next time, try to think of something a little more interesting. Something that doesn't use the same basic group of letters as your real one. The words swam in Travis's mind, darting back and forth. Same basic group of, group of letters, same basic group of letters, same basic group of group of group of group of group 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 grouper. <laughs> the grouper or a giant sea bass. If you think that's weird, come check this out, said Travis, standing up woozily. Looks good. Looks fun. Yeah. yeah, sure. Hang on, replied Byron, taking another pill and offering one to Travis. Oh, no. I'm feeling Travis trailed off, momentarily distracted by the minnows swimming in Byron's blue eyes. You're sure this is just Molly? Mm, more or less. Never a good answer. <laughs> ah! Byron said, winking. Travis led him down into the basement and began explaining to him his recent obsession with fish replicas. He showed off his studio and a few of his failed attempts at making plastic fish. Whoa, you weren't kidding. You are a weirdo, said Byron. Travis feigned in indignance. As you'd have expected such a lack of culture and artistic appreciation of a meathead from the gym. Um, yeah, but uh, 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 you were at the gym too, Byron said, smiling. <laughs> yeah, but I'm hardly a meathead. I couldn't even lift the bar. Travis couldn't remember the last time he had felt so at ease and giddy. The basement was cool. It felt good. He thought about removing his shirt like Byron, but decided against it. That would come later. Travis admired Byron's arms. Hey, I've got an idea. <laughs> you want to help me in a groundbreaking artistic endeavor? Asked Travis. I want to make a silicone mode of your dick. <laughs> Couldn't hurt. <laughs> I think that's actually about to, what's about to happen. <laughs> I wasn't able to do this on my own, but with a model, it should be a piece of cake. Just hold on a minute while I get something ready, Travis said, turning and gathering scraps of wood. After a few minutes and a few dropped nails, he had a long, shallow frame built. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, here. He pulled Byron's arm out straight and fit the box around it. Okay. Arm's fine. Byron looked quizzically at the contraption. This may be the second weirdest thing I've done on a first date. This will only take maybe 20 minutes. You game? I have no idea what I am agreeing to, but I'm fucked up in a cute guy's basement. How can I say no? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. Nice. This won't hurt a bit. Are you as clenched up as I am right now? <laughs> I mean, yeah. For like whatever is about to happen. This is going to go very badly. This is going to go so badly. Travis said as he sprayed Byron's right arm with the synthetic lubricant. It'll feel a little warm, but that's all. He clamped the box, set it on the workbench so that Byron was in a comfortable position, and then began pouring liquid silicone through a funnel into the box. Some dribbled out, but he had done a surprisingly competent construction job considering his condition. Sure thing, Michelangelo. It smells like fish down here. <laughs> when this is done, you'll have another arm, Travis <laughs> said. <laughs> oh, shit. Travis sang what he said next to the tune of the music that had started playing in his mind. And you'll be immortalized forever as a work of art. Whatever you say, man, this just better not take too long. I might start getting uh, anxious. Then I'll have to keep you nice and relaxed, Travis said, walking around behind Byron. He started to rub Byron's shoulders and massage his neck. Byron said in a dreamy voice, keep that up and you can make a mold of any part of me you want. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> Is it weird too to say that the part about him having another arm and then also him being covered in tattoos is making me think of the dream you described in this choice drags we did before this? I was thinking about that too. <laughs> He's going to have a second torso by the end of this. It's not a mold, Travis whispered in his ear. It's a fish replica. <laughs> <laughs> Travis heard words being sung to his mind music now. They were in a language he didn't know, but immediately understood. He was unsure how much time he spent rubbing Byron's shoulders. That by the time... He snapped himself out of the musical days he was experiencing. Byron was snoring and the silicone had set. He unclamped the box and slid the silicone mold off of Byron's limp arm, his body lurching as Travis pulled. He set him upright in the chair again and fished the envelope from Byron's pocket. He took two more of the pretty pills. Oh, no. Travis yeah, began you working. Know I will say right now, this is this is going where I thought it was going to go. Remember, I, I put taking that yeah. pin out. This is going where I thought it was going to go. We'll see if it fully gets there. But the silicone molding, I, I think we're getting there. Travis began working, deciding to use the mold of Byron's arm immediately for a fish replica. He filled it with another silicone solution so that the fish replica would remain flexible and able to swim. While that was setting... Travis listened to more foreign music in his head and stared at the fluorescent overhead light tube, which was swimming with tiny iridescent fish replicas of all colors. Byron was such a nice boy. He had let Travis turn his arm into a fish replica. <laughs> Out of context, that is the best. He likely wouldn't mind helping out more. In fact, didn't Byron just say that Travis could make a fish replica out of any part of his body? Travis was pretty sure that was what he had said. 
and that translucent wall-eyed pike swimming through the air next to him assured him that Byron had indeed said this. Yep, this is going exactly where I was going. Travis picked up a rough-cut hacksaw from the pegboard on the wall. Its blade was jagged and sharp, not quite like the ridge of the North American green sturgeon, but close enough. He used the green sturgeon to slice into Byron's gully. Yep. (laughs) Yep. It cut more easily than he expected. Travis didn't even have trouble cutting through the operculum. Oh, Warm salt water began to flow from the underside of the neck of the North Atlantic Byron, cascading down his pectoral fins and teeming with tiny blue tang and damselfish. It was an astonishing sight. The Byron fish's body spasmed at first, but Travis didn't think that would affect the straight, uh, straightness of his cut too badly. When the wide-mouthed Byron's head was removed from its trunk, the lovely waterfall ceased, but that was okay, since there was serious work to be done. God fucking damn it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's why you don't fucking do Molly. Hey everyone, uh, if if we're keeping if we're keeping track of the lessons from this episode, <laughs> another UCA PSA. Um, let's start off with don't hit on people at the gym. Okay, that's that rule number one. Uh, don't drink and drive. Mm-hmm. Wait, can we add don't do Molly ever? Yeah, don't do Molly ever. Don't do drugs. Yeah, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Never do drugs. Never do any drugs at all, ever. Any any whatsoever. Yeah. But no. super duper don't do Molly. And uh, an interest in fish. <laughs> Curb your enthusiasm about fish replicas. People aren't fish. Yeah. Travis began constructing another box to hold the mold for his next fish replica. It turned out a bit sloppy since all the eels kept swimming into his line of vision, but they were cute, so he let them be, only pushing them aside a few times. The rest of the black-crested Byron had slipped and sunk to the ocean floor, seawater glistening on his well-muscled fins. Oh my god. He, his painted scales shone brightly. The Northern Lake Travis wondered if he, he would appreciate his fish replica when he finally awoke. Oh my God. The speckled gulf Travis carefully placed the golden spiny Byron's head crest upside down, uh, up inside the mold box. He wasn't sure if he did it correctly since his fins were slick and a little numb, but he was assured by the four Argentinian sea trout that he was doing a bang up job of things. Unfortunately, the hammerhead Travis noted that he had only enough silicone for one more mold. The Mediterranean widemouth Travis decided it would be best if he used it to make fish uh, fit to make fish replica of himself, since he was, of course, a stunning example of aquatic wildlife. Oh boy! He quickly banged together one more mold box. Being out of nails, he improvised and hammered the spinal ridges of an oarfish into the box. When it was finished, he asked one of the Humboldt school. He asked one of the Humboldt squid if it would be good enough. It conceded that the box would work fabulously and reminded him to coat his head and face with lubricant. The purple Travis, the purple Travis Antheus lay down with his head in the box, his neck set in the north, uh, in the notch he had cut with the green surgeon. He used his pectoral fins to lift up a bucket of liquid silicone above his crown and began drizzling it over his face. He was very careful not to pour it in such a way that it drizzled down his body and clogged his gills. He couldn't afford to suffocate with all these fish replicas to make. 
The Eastern Trench Travis didn't close his eyes against the stream of chemicals raining upon him, as he was a species without external eyelids. Astonishing sights filled his head. The view of the red sun dancing across the waves of the surface, starfish, urchins, and jellyfish all dancing in aquatic ballet in perfect step with one another. Before he slipped into the depths, he saw his black grouper pass by his eyes, glistening softly. This turned to horror so well. Yeah. Damn. We have a page break. And then the police officers who investigated the scene several days later were baffled. Two bodies, one mutilated, its head in a wooden box, another lying with its head slathered in some sort of rubber material. Evidence of alcohol and drug paraphernalia were found at the scene. A coroner's report would reveal that Byron Wells and Travis Vernon had amounts of alcohol, MDMA, and PCP in their bloodstreams, well beyond safe levels. Shit. And a detail that never left the autopsy room, when the silicone was cut and uh, pulled from around the head of and face of Travis Vernon, the material was imprinted with a nearly perfect mold of his face, smiling and serene. Family members could only speculate what had happened. Bad trip was an equally accurate and unsatisfying reasoning. To further add to the mystery, the day police entered the home, there was a large package on the front step. It was examined and given to the next of kin, Travis's parents. When they opened it, they found a large and very realistic, very realistic model fish of some kind. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. This was great. This was very good. Incredibly unsettling. Yeah, super, super unsettling. I think we were, we both talked, yeah, I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> you did a very good job making us both very uncomfortable with this story. Very yeah. early on too, but fascinating, damn. Dan, this is, this, is, this is phenomenal. I really don't have much to suggest with this one in terms of uh, what I would tweak. I think it's a pretty solid, solid draft. Uh, other than, you know, a couple of little details, uh, you know, small punctuation grammar things is this feels like a, like a, like a finished draft pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Just do my man Flynn a solid and give him the last name Floyd and you're all set. Yeah, Flynn Floyd. Flynn Floyd, the greatest su supporting character. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to say apart from a freshness rating. Yeah, yeah, I think we kind of covered as covered it as we were reading. Again, um, any anything grammar-wise, I think we called out as we were reading. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, really, really, really fucking good. I think you need to throw this story back and give it, give it, let it, let it free, let it into the wild, let let yeah. other people read it. I think you've got a solid, solid draft in your hands and a and a. Uh, uh, top-notch unsettling horror story with a very very different premise but uh, don't talk to anyone Jim. yeah just yeah i don't think we need to tell dan that i think he understands <laughs> hopefully yeah i mean uh, i hope this is a, this is a cautionary tale yes this is what happens when you talk to people at the gym <laughs> you know what this feels like? The reefer madness of talking to people yeah. at the gym. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you talk to one person in the gym and you end up uh, on Molly pouring silicone over your face after you murder your would-be boyfriend. 
especially these days, you don't know who's vaccinated and who's not. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Hey, don't forget, gang, there's still a pandemic, even if we're some of us are taking steps to slowly get out of it. Just be careful out there, all right? This has been a UC, another UCA PSA. Yeah. Uh, I will give this, let's see, in terms of freshness ratings. Oh, yeah, I know what to give this. Looks good. Looks fun. <laughs> That's my freshness rating. That is a good freshness rating. <laughs> um, I will give this... Um, Um, I will give this a hitting someone hitting on someone at Pablo's out of a possible hitting on someone at the gym. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you, Dan, for sending us this story. Uh, if you want to send a story for us to read and critique in a very similar fashion, you could email me midnightmarinera at gmail.com. We will usually get to the stories and I, I do proofreads our um, street pre-screen a lot of these stories before they get in there. But I will also mention that Patreon supporters get uh, first pat, you know, basically priority when it comes to when I read these stories. And Dan has been a longtime patron, so I wanted to make sure we got to him uh, first here. So, but anybody can make a submission, and if we are, if we have the time and the energy, and and we have it in the log, we will we'll get to it eventually. So yeah, feel free to send them if you want to hear our our feedback. Uh, also, be sure to check out the other podcasts on the Creative Horror Network, podcasts like Darkly Lit, as mentioned previously, Midnight Marinera, The Witching Hour, Trick or Track, stuff like that. Uh, there's, we're going to be continuing to throw out cool new projects every so often. Uh, for example, we're in the midst of one of our writing challenges right now. We hope that some of you, and I have seen a few entries now, some of you are still writing your entries for our cryptid writing challenge, where you make your own cryptid and send it to us in the form of a story. We're doing that one in conjunction with Animal Fact Files. So if you enjoy Eli and Kylie's work, that might be another bit of incentive to be a part of that particular challenge. If you want to look it up, there will be links down in the description or in the, you know, wherever there is info here in the show notes. And you can also find it on the main webpage of uh, creative horror. Those are my plugs. I'm sticking to them. Yeah. Good plugs, man. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I, I, I did my best. That has to be good enough. So after that hair-raising experience, uh, I think we need to find a way to uh, like come down from that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like that was that was a bit intense. Yeah. Hey, you want to come check something out in my basement? Yeah, sure. That doesn't sound so bad. Cool, cool. All right. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at CreativeHorror.com. <laughs>